Hi, I'm Kieran. Like the climate, in a permanent state of crisis. And I'm Jacob, less stable than rack. And this is Chit Chat from Pop, from Pop Goes, Goes Capitalism. This month's headlines, a masterclass in creative writing from Rishi Sunak. Train Drivers Union's uh, Aslef has got tactical with their strike days. And American Bully XLs are in the doghouse. But first, Kieran, hello, how are you? Hello, I am tired and stressed, but happy to be here. Oh, good. How are you? Uh... Yeah, probably tired and stressed, but happy to be here, to be quite honest. Yeah, I noticed that both of our ramp intros kind of kind of centre around a very similar theme of instability. <laughs> yeah, clearly clearly I this month. I read yours before you said it, so <laughs> I was trying to hold it in so that I could do mine professionally. <laughs> clearly, clearly <laughs> this month has taken it out of both of us. <laughs> yeah, September started with a heat wave and then became autumnal. What a month. Oh no, that heat wave was absolutely ridiculous. Took and the, me the fuck out. The heat is always so much worse when it's not meant to be there. It's like, I don't know if oh, it's I mental know. or like something actually going on with the the actual weather and humidity or whatnot. But like when it comes in September or something, it's like, nah, that's unacceptable. Ugh. Exactly. Absolutely unacceptable. Acceptable. Speaking of unacceptable, actually, capitalism, specifically mm-hmm. late stage capitalism. Kieran, how have you been coping with it lately? Uh, watching films. Yeah, as soon as I'm done with the day's tasks, I just go to bed and watch a fuck ton of films. Yeah. Oh, that that yeah. does sound good. Anything, anything in particular? <sighs> any highlights that you'd recommend? Highlights I'd recommend. Oh my god. Okay. Um. We discussed this, actually, a couple years ago, I think, on Twitter, uh, when they announced the thriller horror film They Slash Them. (laughs) You've watched that? Yes. Yeah, we we did. Um, I actually thought it was cool. I actually enjoyed it. It was quite uh, unnerving. And if you have any particular, like, sensitivities to, like conversion therapy like maybe avoid it because it is Mm. it's very like a psychological thriller i would say um but it but it it was fun what i will say is like the whole they slash them thing that is such that was that was just a name to lure you in like the actual film isn't so you know i wouldn't have summarized the film as they slash them that's, there wasn't a they slashing of them with some knives. No, sadly not. Okay, or yeah. maybe there was if you're if False you're wanting to watch it. Maybe there was. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. <laughs> also, I finally watched Megan. Oh, Meg Thregan. <laughs> Meg Thregan. <laughs> oh, it sounds like the computer. It sounds like what AI would write on a picture if you asked it to yeah. say Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Meg Thregan. Yeah. And Thregan. <laughs> oh, God um yeah um last night we watched a cure for wellness from disney plus uh can't say i've heard it and that was disturbing (laughs) um but yeah just disturbing things clearly yeah it makes my life seem a little bit more 
less disturbing, you know? Uh, see, I just get disturbed more. Oh, oh, God. That's why I stay away from horror and psychological oh. horror and uh, real life. Another one we watched, though, we're not just limited to horrors and thrillers. We also watched Zoe 102. I don't, I don't know what do that you know, is. Either. Do you know Zoe 101? The one it rings about. Was it a Disney Channel show? Nickelodeon. The one with, oh, Nickelodeon the one with uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. No, also, I didn't know. I didn't know Jamie Lynn Spears was in it. But she's okay. Zoe. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, she shows how much I know. Um, <laughs> Hashtag iCarly girlies. <laughs> yeah, like you at. I uh, yeah. Basically, we thought we decided to watch it because I saw, um, I saw a YouTube video uh, recommended to me from oh, I forget, I forget their name. Uh, Nick Deramio, Deramio. They always like uh, review films, basically. Oh, okay. And there was yeah. a half hour YouTube video recommended to me saying like that it was the the most pointless reboot ever because it's like a Ooh, reboot film. Scathing. And I said to Rico, I said, oh, Rico, I've really wanted to... Rico, my husband, for anyone new, hi. Um, <laughs> I said to Rico, um, oh, I really want to watch Rico this. Rico Brackett's husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's his profession. Brackett's <laughs> <laughs> husband. <laughs> <laughs> in like the script you have to go Rico brackets husband um, yeah I said I really want to watch this YouTube video um, but I've been waiting for you um, and Rico was like well we should watch the film first and I was like I'm not sure based on the title of this video and Rico was like we should watch it though so then we watched it and <laughs> it, it was the most pointless reboot ever Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is being drawn out for so long, but there's another film. Oh my god, I, I'm really proven. I'm not I'm Go not bullshitting here, really. Watching films there has got is... me through this month. Okay. <laughs> do you know Pluto TV? Yes, unfortunately yes. I do. Oh my god, the movie channels on that are fucking incredible. They show <laughs> the most bullshit D-list movies ever, oh. and I am we love it we absolutely love it so my personal favorite that came on was titanic 2 they made a second one no james cameron did not make a second one it's completely unrelated to the james cameron film (laughs) and it basically tells the story of the titanic 2 uh which sets off on the 100 year anniversary of titanic one i guess you would say and then and then it's basically just like the same shit happens again and it's chaos um and then oh yeah and if you watch if anyone starts watching pluto tv upon after what i've said look out for the helicopters because if you watch the action the disaster the or the thriller channel it's like they're in a competition to like include a helicopter that's cgi because they're all like so such budget films none of them can afford a real helicopter and you always get these horrific cgi shots of helicopters and they always include a helicopter it's like why do you need to include a helicopter in your plot line like it's fascinating to me it's really like a whole it's a whole thing i don't get it yeah there must be like a youtube channel counting the helicopters in these movies if you did a shot game i think you'd be in hospital to be honest it's it's but yeah. more importantly did it work did it did it ease the pain no no Good. yeah 
And Jacob, how have you been coping with late stage capitalism this month? Equally as unhinged to you, apparently. <laughs> I have been exploring Facebook Marketplace. I don't Ooh. know if you've ever been. Oh, it's yeah. uh, fucking batshit insane on there. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Um, where do you start? There's used underwear, <gasps> there's oh, beds, what? there's cupboards, there's old bikes, there's some cursed children's toys, and my oh favourite one, completely free if you could pick it up, a multi-snack vending machine. What on earth? Like, you know, I never, I've never really thought about this, but like, vending machines, they exist in the wild. They just, they just, they're just everywhere. Yeah. But like, I never thought about somebody actually having one and being like, do you want it? What the fuck am I going to use that for? This, but also, uh, yeah, it's there. They got it. It's branded with like Coke on the side. It it exists. Oh my god. Okay. This and it's free. This for somebody that can come and pick it up. This reminds me of the Architectural Digest video of Zed, the producer, uh, where he like walked us through his mansion, and it had <laughs> one of those like Skittles pinball type dispensers. Like, filled with Skittles. He was really, you know, he committed. And I was just like... But did it go the way that Notch's did? Because he, Notch, the creator of Minecraft, had like his mansion with a big wall of sweets. But it was like a giant wall. But they all oh. went off. Because he was one dude. Oh, God. <laughs> all yeah. these sweets went really mouldy. I don't get what... Yeah. Uh, no, his... Maybe he refilled it specifically for the video. You know what I mean? Because if you're showing people around your home, that's where also, you throw out. Also, is he paying for it, shit. or is it just like a novelty one? Is he paying each time he gets something out of there? I don't know. I don't know how that works. That's the weird thing for me. Like, am I trying to run a business in my home? And that, and that goes for Maybe the vending machine. Passive income from yourself. Imagine just like having a friend around your home, and you're like, oh, you can use the vending machine if you'd like a snack. And they're like, can't I just get something out of the fridge? And you're like, no. This isn't a charity. because no, there's a card reader on the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> the future is now, oh. thanks to capitalism. Oh. oh, God. You know what I love about Facebook Marketplace? Is, like, mm. when they'll just, like, offer, like, a fucking toilet or something. And it's detached. <laughs> and it's, like... Or, or, or the amount of times they'll sell something for dirt cheap that's, like, never selling for that cheap. Like, oh, here's a fridge for a fiver. And then mm. you read the description and, and they're like, it doesn't work anymore. But it might be useful. Free to a good home. Yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, hide okay. some bodies in it. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll never say that on the title. They'll just be like, fridge, five pounds. You're like, oh. It's broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so did it work? Did it ease the pain? No. No. And that's that on that. Before we get to our main stories today, I've got some breaking news! Ooh! Yeah, in a UK first, a top 25 podcast chart has been unveiled to us. Oh? Yeah. Oh! Okay. There is now a podcast chart, and um, I'm very sorry to have to tell you this, Kieran, but we didn't make the top 25. Oh, uh, in UK podcasts. Would you like to hazard a guess as to who did? Because who I, I genuinely 25? don't believe it. So wait, does this mean podcasts made in the UK? Or is it just no, streaming is from the UK? People who have listened from the United Kingdom. Okay, uh, Navarra Media, they were doing pretty well? 
Nope. No. Uh, oh, that fucking one with Rory Stewart and Alistair Campbell. I, is that out yet? I don't think it's it's on there. Okay. I'm just looking um, now. I don't think it is on there unless. Oh, do you re- what's it called? I don't, I don't think. I don't. Wait. I'm gonna Google it. Uh, Alice. The rest is politics. Oh fuck! It is on there. Woohoo! I got one! Yay! And also, boo! I feel it. It's, all it's the not number one though, but okay. it's number six, which I also don't believe. That's for a hot I second. I mean, that's that anybody listens to that trash. Will it be like? But, uh, I don't know. Does the Daily Mail have a podcast? Sky News, uh, BBC News. There are a few of those. Okay. I think the BBC's newscast is on there. I don't. The, oh, I the weird one that Global has the news agent. I don't know. Put me out of my misery. Get ready for this. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for an aneurysm. It's the Joe Rogan experience. Oh, no. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, God. Okay. Absolute hell world that uh, we're living in. Does Andrew... Guess who just made it in at 25 as well? Andrew Tate? Impulsive with Logan Paul. Oh, God. Oh, dear. Absolute trash. I do not believe this for a second unless they've done something weird with the numbers because, like... Yeah. Where they're getting this data from and who is tuning in to, like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever listened to the Joe Rogan one, but he does not sound like he wants to be there. He doesn't sound engaged. It is, ab- like, I listened because I was like, I need to, I need to understand why yeah. people listen. I do not, for the life of me, understand it. It is beyond awful. And I'm speaking as somebody that does this podcast. <laughs> Like, I do not get the hype around that. Okay. I, I think I've only seen, like, a couple clips. Um, didn't Elon Elon Musk smoke the, uh, the, the, the weed on that podcast? I don't know. He's had every conservative <sighs> grifter you can imagine. He's had Peterson. He's had oh. um, every fecker under the sun as a sort of like a hear them out type of deal the one thing the one thing i could talk for ages about the alt-right pipeline but i'll leave that there (laughs) the one thing i I remember was uh oh didn't he have ben shapiro on and then and then it like went quite viral this whole thing of like because they were sitting there and they were both like yeah you see but we can discuss these things and we can disagree and still be respectful about it and it's like yeah because none of neither of you are fucking affected yeah and i remember that went viral um but no i've been blessed enough to kind of avoid a full episode Oh, you don't want... And they're long as well. I know we're pretty infamous at this point for being long, but at least we have some fecking content. Yeah. Good God, man. Yeah. I don't know how anybody listens to that seriously in one sitting. I really don't. No. But yeah. So what other I'm ones are there? Um, I could send you the whole list, but... Uh, okay. It's pretty... Dull. It's pretty standard and dull as, like... The rest is history. The rest is politics. Happy Place by Fern Cotton. Um, uh-huh. What's that about? Desert like Island way in your home or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't know. She's been doing it years. That oh, um, since she left Radio One, I think, which was uh, God knows how many years ago. Um, yeah, some of them that you sort of expect, like Desert Island Discs. It's sort of just it's stuff you'd expect. Big. Sort yeah, of inoffensive in many ways podcasts, and then some 
unbelievable shite. Well, everyone listening, share it with everyone you know so that we can invade this chart, okay? Let's bring some yeah. offensiveness to the charts. Yeah, because uh, I want to knock, even like, I know Joe Rogan, awful, but uh, <laughs> number two is The Diary of a CEO with Stephen Barlett. Oh, that one. Bartlett. I always see clips of that on TikTok. That's I the one where. I want to dethrone that one. That's the one where Molly May went viral for, uh, Molly May from Love Island went viral for saying, everyone is has 24 hours in a day. That one. <laughs> that one. That was that absolute was iconic. I love trash. that. I absolutely love it when people make statements like that. Though it, it's just it's got a certain oh, campness to me and like ignorance that I find quite entertaining. <laughs> Maybe next month for October, uh, instead of doing song links, we should do whoever's in the podcast chart. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That would be so Cursed fun. Cursed idea detected. But speaking of. The actual music chart, shall we? Okay, yes. Becky Hill and Chasen Status' single Disconnect peaked in the charts this month and also started its steady decline downwards. Similarly, the UK's climate change policies also started a steady decline this month and Rishi Sunak has also seemingly disconnected from reality. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> Laughs in existential dread, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in an attempt to drum up support for his party at, as the general election draws ever closer, Rishi Sunak has announced that he's delaying the ban on the sale of new petrol and diesel vehicles from 2030 to 2035. Other features of Rishi Sunak's climate policy change involve scrapping the requirement on landlords to ensure rental properties have an energy performance certificate of grade C or above, which was only due to be enacted in 2025. They've also weakened the ban on fossil fuel heating, delaying the ban by nine years for off-gas grid homes, as well as introducing exemptions for poorer households when the ban finally comes into force, in 2035. He's defending all this pretty much on the basis of a dislike for state intervention, which clearly, in his limited worldview, has to mean punitive measures or taxation. But Rishi Sunak has also announced that many more, quote, heavy-handed measures will be stopped. Here's the list of measures that, according to Rishi Sunak, will be stopped. Taxes on eating meat, taxes to discourage flying, seven different rubbish bins to sort between, and compulsory car sharing. Don't believe that's a thing. I don't think anywhere does compulsory car sharing. Yeah, so here's the gag. None of these were measures. None of these were proposed measures. In the government's own net zero strategy, none of these measures were included. Rishi Sunak is simply making up policies so that he can then reject them in order <laughs> in order to try and score brownie points with an electorate that is, for all intents and purposes, completely over the Tories. These alleged measures were, at best, vaguely referred to in various reports from the government's climate change committee. Yeah. So, although this might be entertaining, there is obviously a dark truth to this. 
The government claims it will still meet its net zero by 2050 target, but they are completely disregarding the fact that it's not meeting an arbitrary target that matters. It's about acting as quickly as possible to reduce carbon emissions as quickly as possible to minimise the damage done to our climate. But they clearly don't care about this, instead focusing on trying to win an election that they've already lost. And they're trying to win this election they've already lost by harming the electorate to whom they're pitching, knowing that none of them, none of these politicians in power now will personally be in power by the time that that net zero by 2050 target actually comes around. So, Jacob, besides the inevitable internal screaming and sense of dread, what do you have to say about all of this? I don't believe in prisons, and yet here I am going, put him in prison! That's the harm reduction we need in the world. Can't we do that, like, um, witch thing? You know, where we test... Him. No, where we test... I don't know, there's quite a lot of carbon in that. Where we test to see if they're witches by, like, strapping rocks to them and then... That, that's coming close to a threat. I don't know if libel will like that. I <laughs> am not suggesting that we do that. We, we, we just... We, we, what we need to do is we need to construct the wither from Minecraft. Oh, what's and the set wither? It loose on Westminster. Have you not played Minecraft? Oh no, I do play Minecraft, but I don't know what the wither is. Seriously? Yeah. Really? Oh no, am I a flop player? It's one of the bosses. Oh, I've never got to the bosses. Oh okay. Yeah, no, I'm a bit uh, of well, a flop. Well, you put four. You put like. Do you know how to build an iron golem? Bit off piece here, but no. We'll go with it. Oh my god, I'm such a noob. Ah! A cross shape with soul sand, three wither skeleton skulls on top. That will create the wither. Ah. Uh, don't do it in a world you really like or in a space you really like, because it will start to blow everything up okay. as soon as it's ready. But uh, yeah, uh, we should get a wither onto uh, Dan <laughs> immediately uh, in Minecraft, because they're, they're not real. Do they have seeds? So that's that are, not a threat. Do they have seeds that are actually like of like Westminster? They must do. I mean, they prob- somebody's probably built the world by now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a wither in every major city. <laughs> That's my platform. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, this is fucking annoying. And yeah. uh, clearly very ill-informed. If, if that, it's like the whole like 2050 net zero thing is a bit like, I don't know the right word for it, but it's a bit false. Because yeah. the damage is already happening. We are already seeing very bad things start to exactly. happen around the world, especially to the global south. And the more that we sort of dither about this is the worse it's going to get. So, like, the way you got to kind of think about it is climate change is just happening. Yeah. It's how bad we're willing to let it get. But we won't be able to revert, like... The, the the stuff that's already coming down the pipeline is already coming. Yeah. It's like, how much worse can we let it get? Because if we stopped immediately, there will still be devastating effects in the future because of what we've already done. Exactly. But if we really committed to it, we could prevent a hell of a lot of suffering. Yeah. But will we? Fuck that. I care about getting elected and uh-huh. all the money and donors and i don't know politics red white and blue how do you want it maybe sprinkling a bit of yellow for good measure why not (laughs) 
I hate it all. <laughs> I hate it all. Yeah, so I have a lot to say on the topic of Net Zero that I've not written down. So I'm going a little bit off piste here, but here we go. Because Let's Net go Zero it. pisses me the fuck off as a, as a concept. <laughs> Firstly, Net Zero, to my understanding, includes all of the carbon offsetting. No. I thought it did. Yeah, because it's like Net Zero. You can have positives and mi- minuses, but the net is zero. Is the idea, I think. And carbon offsetting is not proven, like, thoroughly, you know? And also... It's it's a point. It's like... Oh, I hate carbon offsets Yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, yeah, I I can't remember if it was on this podcast or if it was you or if... I can't remember. But I remember hearing, like, a lot of the... I think it was a YouTube video that went into, like, all of the shitty details about, like, misplacing uh, native communities and, like populations just to plant some trees but then it's like even when you even when you you know park that idea for a minute it's like if i plant a fucking tree today it's not doing anything when i plant it so that takes like do you remember the australian example of this where they um like a company to get (gasps) carbon offset yes um brought the brought a forest um, that wasn't scheduled to be cut down and said, we're not going to cut it down. And they were like, wow. Yes. Incredible work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. On, on Apple's Apple's most recent uh, live event, like where they announced like their new iPhone, they mm. also discussed their like, you know, mission to net zero by 2030. Well, didn't announce it, but oh, discussed an update on it. And they said like, a lot of it is offset by carbon credits and immediately i was like credit who what because i was like immediately like okay how are you getting those credits what do those credits mean who's giving those credits are they actually valuable do they actually represent anything you know like carbon mm. credits and stuff are the biggest scam yeah in our life and this is what pisses me because off because these yeah. absolute rubes are just falling for them and being like oh it'd be fine we've, we've offset it we yep. brought a tree it's in thailand it's beautiful it's massive yeah good tree like <laughs> really good at offsetting my carbon it's like <laughs> truck ton of carbon <laughs> i'm about to release by underpaying and exploiting oh. all these workers it's like it really is though like in my opinion like for, for now, I'm not being doom and gloom, but I think really right now, like capitalism basically has won the climate change debate because so much of the fucking discourse is net zero and net zero is just mm-hmm. like a mask. It's just it's it yeah. allows every company to discuss it in corporate terms. And they're like, we're going to reach this net zero thing. But then there are loads of loopholes that mean net zero doesn't fucking mean anything. It, it, it really irks me. It's and then also, uh, Juice Media from Australia, yeah? I'm sh- My absolute heroes. Yeah. I love so it. So I'm sure you'll have watched the video. Uh, mm. I think that was the video about what you were discussing just now about Australia's yeah, the things. Trees. And they yeah. and they make they put the point so succinctly about net zero where it's about the area under the curve that matters because the area under the yeah. curve represents the fucking emissions. And you can have two very different amounts of emissions depending on the line of how much carbon you emit every year. Yeah. So so it's like this whole net zero by 2050 target. Also, when I was discussing this uh, uh, with a friend like earlier on in the week when I was writing my stories, um, I googled the whole Paris Agreement 
because <laughs> oh, I was that's a rabbit hole. Yeah, I, I didn't Google it enough to get deep into the rabbit hole. But what I saw was also even the Paris Agreement considers this this point about the area under the curve somewhat, because they say that uh, carbon emissions have to be reduced by forty five percent by twenty thirty. So they actually do put a kind of like checkpoint there. Do you get me? Yeah. So I'm just like, like, what what are we doing here? Like, ugh, net zero. Ugh. <laughs> We're trying to do capitalism as normal under circumstances. Well, as we have done in the past with Azure Care in the fucking world for anybody. Mm-hmm. So what else is going on in the charts? Well, well, well. Olivia Rodrigo started September very strong by reaching number one with her hit Vampire, uh, consistently sticking in the top three for the whole of the month. Uh, Whilst we're on the topic of vampires, actually, private companies and randomly other countries' national rail operators continue to suck the money Mm. out of our railways. (laughs) So towards the end of September, Avanti West Coast and Cross Country were both offered new long-term contracts to continue running their routes despite the continuous clusterfuck of failures on both of their parts. Let's take Avanti, for example. Last year, they cut their timetable by like 25%, citing unofficial strike action as the reason. In this Uh. case, unofficial strike action was actually an overtime ban, which says a lot that they're trying to rely on overtime to fill 25% of their fucking timetable. Meanwhile, on the cross-country side of things, it retired its HST units earlier this month. I tried to get on one of the last ones, didn't manage Aww. that. They're, they are trains that are over 40 years old, and I'm a train nerd, what can I say? <laughs> but uh, they had no plans for replacement or anything. There's two what? voyages that were recently just brought by a different train company, which is an open access one, so completely private company. Um, that the government could have given to cross-country to deal with the fucking overcrowding that has plagued this network for God knows how long. Uh, It's an uncomfortable degree of overcrowding. These trains Uh that I'm talking about are four carriages long on some of the longest routes in the fucking country. We're talking like Aberdeen in Scotland all the way down to Plymouth in Devon, which is Okay. Really, three carriages when you take into a, a social of the first class carriage, which is always mm-hmm. half empty for the majority of the route anyway. And you've got people rammed in, stood right up to the glass oh, on the fucking no. doors because they are running the shortest, most under prepared trains for these feckin' routes. And they've been doing it for feckin' donkeys since they were owned by Virgin back in the day. Like, uh-huh. it is a ungodly route to have to travel on. And as we know, the UK government loves rewarding <laughs> failure because, uh, and they hate the climate as well. These are diesel trains, by the way, running Oof. under a hell of a lot of wire between, uh, especially on the east and west coast main lines, the bits that they cover and through the Birmingham core and stuff. These are the perfect routes for bi-mode or tri-mode trains, which are like trains that can switch between diesel and electric, depending. Uh-huh. Uh, you could even have a quadruple power train, I Ooh. guess, because batteries can come into it and third rail. You could have like a seriously 
extremely modern concept for this route. Uh-huh. Ah, fuck that. <laughs> MPs suggested that our other lines were becoming overcrowded because of passengers going out of their way to avoid uh-huh. companies like Avanti when other options are available. And I beg these fuckers to understand how a railway fucking works and how deeply stupid this market thinking is in the context of trains! Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, Um, but it is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's one track. Yeah. You barely got one company running it, and they're doing it badly anyway. That's not how trains work. Thankfully, the railway unions are still fighting these companies and the government pulling the strings because there's a whole network of various strings being pulled by the Department of Transport. The train drivers union, ASLEF in particular, have announced two more strike days and an overtime ban that, in a move I cannot fault from them, completely bookends the Conservative Party conference (laughs) in Manchester. Oh, it's great. This isn't like an RMT strike either, where there's like a limited service running on the day. Train driver strikes mean no trains all day. So on the day before the conference and the day it ends, fucking no trains. Absolutely excellent move. And if I was still on Twitter, I am sure there are some... Young Tories who brought their super expensive first class anytime ticket well in advance will be absolutely fuming about this. And I wish I was there to witness these rants. Oh, yeah. So, Kieran, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a badass move was that? (laughs) Absolute ten. Absolute ten. I love it because it's like because they've been doing the strikes and the government's been so standoffish with them. And, like, the government mm-hmm. seems like, you know, with all of these public sector strikes to basically be just digging its heels in and saying, like, this is it. That's all you're getting. So yeah. I find it awesome that Aslef has found a way to kind of escalate it somehow, you know? Yeah, because otherwise, they, they I know, like, the strikes are meant to be disruptive to the public, but a lot of Tories don't use trains very often. Well, exactly. And so targeting yeah. this conference in specifics, where they will, like, a majority of their base, I guess, will be using trains to travel to Manchester to be all, like, wank on each other or whatever they do. <laughs> um, they will be unable to take the train. And some of these Tories are very much not as rich as they make out to be. And they're going to be like, well, we can't fly there. I yeah. Get a courage. Oh! Love it. Yeah, well, there's like that whole, there's that whole aspirational Tory class, isn't there? Like, there's like temporary embarrassed capitalists. The 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 ones who are brainwashed into thinking that hard work will make you the next Jeff Bezos, basically. I mean, they're fighting for things that basically like every party, like Corbyn was fighting for things that basically, to my limited knowledge of German politics, so if anyone's listening, don't come for me if I'm slightly wrong, <laughs> or very wrong, don't come for me then either, please. Um, but <laughs> if I'm absolutely off, then just, just you know, smile and nod and keep on listening. But to my understanding, like pretty much every party in Germany supports, like, especially with nationalisation type things, like, yeah. like, you know, like Deutsche Bahn, the nationalised train network, like that's just accepted by like mm-hmm. all parties, pretty much. Like the right wing ones, the left wing ones. 
So, and I mean, when I you don't put know it if into it's that, totally nationalised because I know uh, Deutsche yeah. Bahn. No, it's like cross country. So yeah, so it's like a, <laughs> to my understanding, if I remember correctly, so it's a private company, but I think it's like half owned by the government, and uh, okay, it's legally so it's like, given <laughs> the monopoly of the rails. Minimum viable socialism and all that. So it's <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, but the point is, is everyone agrees on that. Whereas it's like this really contentious issue in in our country, and like but Keir Starmer won't even Keir Starmer won't even fight for train nationalisation now. I mean, that's why the best comment under this article was funny. No strikes during Labour conference. Union want <laughs> Labour government as they will do as they're told. No, they fucking won't. Not with Keith in charge, they won't. Keith will fucking gut them just the same as the Tories have been. I mean, that's... But they might do it with a smile and a wave instead, a wink. Yeah, and more like God, poetic language that. about supporting the workers. Probably. We want the most modern railway possible. And to do that, we will grind up seven guards a week <laughs> and turn them into pace that will make the tracks extra fast. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Thanks, Keith. Love you. <laughs> Oh, God. Disastrous, disastrous. In other news, Doja Cat has spent much of this month at the top of the UK charts with her song Paint the Town Red. But this month has also come with a lot of discourse about something else painting the town red. American Bully XLs. Earlier this month, a viral video from Birmingham showed two men trying to take down one of these dogs after it had attacked an 11-year-old girl. In a separate incident in Staffordshire, a man was killed after being mauled by two American Bully XLs. The media has since fixated on this story, turning it into a sustained national discussion. Rishi Sunak has since announced that American Bully XLs will be banned. A difficult task given that American Bully XLs are currently not even a defined breed. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're not a defined breed, so it's like... Well done, mass media, for informing me of that fecking detail. So when Rishi Sunak... (laughs) Yeah. So when Rishi Sunak announced the ban, he was like, so the first step is we're going to, like, set up a task force to define... The dog must be official before we we name it illegal. Yeah, like, so the first step is to, like, fucking define what it even is. Not these fucking muscle dogs being fucking undefinable. <laughs> um, yeah, so so this, this ban has divided public opinion. Dogs charities and many American Bully XL owners say that banning a specific dog breed won't help against the rise in dog attacks, which, side note, was recorded at nearly 22,000 last year with 10 fatalities. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Opponents of the ban say that these attacks are the result of irresp... Quote, quote, because this is interesting with what I'm about to say, so hold on to this. Yeah, so opponents of the ban say that these attacks are the result of, quote, irresponsible breeding, rearing and ownership, close quote. Supporters of the ban argue that the American Bully XL is the result of irresponsible breeding. So the American Bully XL was specifically bred from a very limited gene pool with the purpose of creating fighting dogs. Um, Yeah. Um, Over half of the American Bully XL dogs in the UK are estimated to have come from one single dog called Killer Kimbo. (laughs) (laughs) 
who himself is reported to be the offspring of an incestuous brother-sister relationship. This went so much deeper than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Killer Kimbo, what an icon. (laughs) Okay, are you... Are you actually telling me that, like, dogs in the UK are so underregulated that some fecker can just go brother and sister yeah. incestuous and we've bred an entire new breed into existence that is so muscly it can kill? Yeah, gay people weren't allowed to marry until when? But but it's fine. A <laughs> make, like, a fucking murder dog. Okay. Okay. I've always um, yeah. thought that like animal like like sellers are always a bit sketch anyway. Cause it's <laughs> like we're just gonna turn up, give you some money, and here's an animal. Like what? Surely somebody's got to note something down somewhere. Yeah, like, you, really? You would think so. Are we yeah. just doing this? What? Yeah, I find it strange. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a life. <sighs> it's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's... Don't worry, we are not debreezing them in the back garden or anything. <laughs> like I'm not buying, a, I'm not buying a fucking book. You know. Like it breathes. It's a, it's an entity. I yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. But anyway, I have to admit that I am a cat person very strongly. Really? Um, and I'm really not a big fan of dogs in general. Sorry to our, our dog lover listeners. Um, yeah. Nah, I, fuck them. <laughs> if you love dogs, no, this no. is not the podcast no, for you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but basically I've had a couple close run-ins with aggressive dogs um yeah that had very inconsiderate and unbothered owners which have left me somewhat uh scared whenever i see any dog off the lead Mm. like i get a genuine like immediate response like my chest gets immediately tight uh and my heart starts beating so quickly um yeah briefly to recount the two encounters because i'm having uh, i'm in the mood because they're because they're fun stories because i didn't get bit (laughs) but if i did (laughs) then it would be different so the first encounter me and rico were on a night walk uh a walk at night um and that (laughs) What the fuck, Kieran? Okay, yeah. Please. Just want to make sure all of our listeners are following along with what I'm saying. Okay, a night walk is a walk at night. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay, children. <laughs> Spelling is fun. Sit down. It's time for a story. Um, and we like walked to the village green, and there were these two black dogs stood there. Uh, no lead, no owner. And they start walking towards us. Their fucking hackles are up. And they start growling at us. It's like the dead of night. So there's no one else around. It's me, Rico, and these two feral looking creatures. I don't like that. Mm -mm -mm. And they they keep on approaching. We've kind of stood still. But I'm like shitting bricks at this point. But Rico managed to save the day. Do you want to know how? What did he do? He stomped his fucking foot forwards. (laughs) <laughs> he barked at them oh. and they fucking scurried away because you know that Rico's quite you know like the fucking Alps like he's tall um, <laughs> he's like the Alps yeah um, does he listen to this podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> hi Rico <laughs> hi the Alps <laughs> hi Alps yes um, no, um, but yeah so then the dog scurried away 
which okay, was nice. Good. And then the other encounter, the, uh, uh, Rico and I would always take this while we lived quite close to Durham City Centre. We'd always take this one scenic walk into Durham because it was only like 40 minutes walk into the the city one way. Um, and it was like down this like kind of, you know, those like one lane concrete roads like farm mm, yeah. kind of roads yes we're walking down there and there's this family with these two ill ugly looking dogs side <laughs> note i do think that a lot of dogs look really cute um but these dogs were nuts um off the lead the the family's just completely fucking unbothered so then they start running towards us or like trotting mm. i should say and then they start sniffing us. You can kind of then their hackles start raising. So what I what I've been can I just clarify what the fuck is a hackle because I've never oh, heard this term in my okay. life. Okay, uh, it's like uh, you know I'm that... not a dog person either. So <laughs> you know but um... my fear of dogs is just unpredictable, and I'm autistic. Okay, but um, <laughs> um it's yeah, like, I, um... I have no idea what it is. So it's like on their neck or their upper back, there are these hairs yeah. that kind of stand up when they feel threatened or aggressive really yeah so there is like a tell if a dog is like gonna gonna get you or is at least you know kind of considering it yeah <laughs> you're sus yeah um so what i've been taught to do is always like turn your ass to them oh because like you're probably gonna survive an ass cheek bite but maybe okay. the maybe the front one will be more detrimental you know to put it politely mm. um <laughs> So I was doing that and it's literally, it might as well be eating me out. It's that close to my ass. It's like, and it's like, it's, it's like sniffing so much. I am literally, then, and then it starts fucking growling. It's like, it's like occasionally touching my ass cheek with its nose. Like I'm shitting bricks. You know, maybe I should have, maybe I should have attacked it like that, you know? And then it's, and then, and then what do the fucking owners say? What all bad dog owners say? Some good dog owners say this and it's true, but pretty much every bad dog owner. Is it something like, she won't hurt you. Oh, no, no. He wouldn't hurt a fly. That's what it always is. And I'm like, well, maybe it wouldn't hurt a fly, but it sure as hell seems like it's about to fucking hurt me. You know? Also, how would a dog hurt a fly? Very, very hard. Like, humans yeah. struggle to hurt flies. Yeah, exactly. Like, notoriously very fucking difficult to get. Yeah. So then anyway, it's then it's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. It keeps on following me, and I'm trying to be polite, but then it starts, like, running. And and then, like, I ended up walking into a crop field, because the fence was, uh, the <laughs> gate, like, the, what do you call it? Fence, yeah, was broken. So you could just step into it. So here I am walking in fucking uh, like Theresa May energy, like walking in a field of wheat. And then I'm shouting at this point, looking at the owners. What the fuck? What the fuck? It was literally so... That is your right. It was so scary. And we only walked that route twice more because I just got too scared to walk that route. Uh, Yeah. So anyway. I normally just freeze and the owners will be like, Mm-hmm. Come back, girl, or something like that, and they'll be like, "She's harmless," and yeah. I'm just stood there like frozen, and they're like, "Come on, bitch," and and then yeah. they normally leave me the fuck alone. 
Um, but I, I, I don't encounter too many dogs, so I'm normally all right. I stum- like, Jesus Christ, that's terrifying. Yeah, so so I'm a little bit traumatised from dogs, basically. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, that was a deviation that I didn't write down. But I hope everyone enjoyed the story time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this isn't to say that all dogs or all owners are bad. And there have been a couple dogs in my life that I have like absolutely loved. So much so that during our wedding quiz, quite a few people thought that we were dog people because we like loved their dogs, you know, like when I'm friends with a dog, I'm friends with the dog, you know, Mm. but it's just like when I see a rando (laughs) on a personal level. Yeah. You need to know the dog. Yeah. When I like people, when I know it's political views, it's personality. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want a Tory dog anywhere near me. Absolutely the fuck not. A UKIP dog? Oh my God, even worse. Oh God. Um, But like, I do have an innate distrust towards owners that often lean Mm. towards, as I said earlier, that don't worry, you wouldn't hurt a fly pleasantry, like as it barks at me with its hackles raised. And like, I do have a distrust towards dogs that like fundamentally can be aggressive. You know, like Mm -hmm. if one of the bigger ones bites you, like that could be a problem very quickly. It could become quite an issue. Like, to the best of my knowledge, you can't really attach an Achilles heel, can you? You know what I mean? Like, that's very quick to go very bad. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, as for where I stand on the specific issue of American Bully XLs, like, I'm not really sure. Like, I definitely support arguments that centre around dog owners and how they behave with their dogs in public. Like, especially around strangers. From my experience, like, while there are plenty of good dog owners out there, I do think that there are also very many dog owners who show a complete disregard and lack of consideration for others in how they behave in public with their dogs. So, what do you think about this whole canine crisis? I feel like I don't really have a foot in the game to begin with Mm -hmm. because I'm not a dog person. I don't really pay attention to dogs enough to know that much other than I feel like... There's a big issue with breeding that sort of can be traced back to a lot of this. Like even if the owners aren't necessarily the the sole reason for these dogs being like too aggressive or whatever, these muscly dog type things were bred into existence through incestuous brother-sister relationship from Killer Kimbo. Like where the fuck? (laughs) The icon, the diva, the legend. I cannot get my head around that piece of information alone. Yeah. And it feels like the problem probably lies with the fact that this doesn't seem like it's regulated in the It's, it's really not. It's, and yeah. perhaps maybe we should. And yeah. there are two extremes to this as well. Because like, aren't there like fecking pedigree where it's like the most perfect dog imaginable? Oh, yeah. And we'll put it in a show. Again, fucking weird. Both of these extremes, really fucking weird. And you also get those breeds like from another angle where it's like what is it pugs where they're basically oh, like the ones that can't breathe yeah where it's literally yeah. like they've bred like a fucking we bred a walking <laughs> asthma attack thank you god for genetics and, then, and eugenics and then the ba- and then the demand for it is sustained because oh they look cute it's like yeah but when you buy them especially from breeders like you're literally supporting basically animal cruelty yeah, there's a lot that I don't understand or know about this sort of industry, if you like. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable at the bits that I do know. But in specifics to the American Bully XL, it seems like a very 
peculiar moral panic that just came out of nowhere. Yeah, also because I yeah. had not heard of these things before then. I didn't realize they weren't even classed as a breed. <laughs> like, what? What got like the front bench involved? Like, what? To my understanding, it was basically that viral video of the two men trying to fight off one of them, and then the media just kind of like fixated on it. Interestingly, there are no there are no breed specific statistics about dog attacks so that twenty-two thousand figure and 10 fatalities figure that's all dogs yeah um so there's no real there's no hard data really that even even like says that the american bully xls are a specific problem it's more so inferences from like the other things i've said about like the limited gene pool the purpose the intent with which this breed was bred (laughs) <laughs> um sorry i just had a really funny thought about oh like, my god i wonder what the statistics are for cats oh my god oh there was <laughs> oh my god i wonder what it would be cats wouldn't kill would they oh i hear that keyboard going i hear the keyboard well, going. keyboard is on <laughs> um hundreds of millions of small birds and rodents um that's the food chain though so that's fine in 2014, a 12-year-old boy in New York was mauled to death by a pack of feral cats. Okay, but that's like saying that there was a kid mauled to death by wolves. It doesn't seem to have a number on it, so I'm guessing it's so rare. They're like one or two yeah. in every few years. Um, but it doesn't look like there's like a big stat like every year, 250 million die. Yeah. So, yeah, dogs definitely have the upper hand when it comes to stats, I guess. Yeah, but just want to say for all of the dog owners out there, I have nothing against dogs in general, just personally fearful of them. As somebody who is autistic and doesn't care, I do, and fuck you. (laughs) But please put your dogs on leads, because you don't know who's going to be so scared of dogs. You know? I do not trust dogs at like, all. That's the I thing, you like can't dogs. just... And I also feel like there's this assumption that everyone is comfortable and trustful, trusting of dogs. And that's not mm-hmm. the case for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm not sure about banning it. Oh, yeah, before we move on, it, uh, the ban, I'm not sure if you know what it means, the ban specifically. I think it doesn't mean killing them all yeah. is what I've come to understand. Yeah, so it means neutering all of the ones in the country so they can't re <laughs> what a task. So they can't reproduce. Uh registering all of them. Then they'll need uh oh yeah, registering all of them through uh, mandatory insurance, like pet insurance. Um and then they'll need to be muzzled and on a lead at all times out in public. Jeez, again opponents of the ban though are saying like you don't know how many of these yeah just kill these <laughs> like they're saying like <laughs> they're saying like like but you've got no breed specific statistics so you don't even mm. know if it'll help the problem yeah i i find it interesting as someone who's fearful of dogs though so that's why i thought i would bring it up this month yeah mm. it's a very interesting story i don't really have a a nice solid this is bad um, i don't because of yeah. capitalism but I, I i have a i have a suspicion that breeding and the money it contains within might be the key to a lot of it yeah hi this is kieran from the future here um the following story i'm about to read 
uh, there's actually been an update in classic Keir Starmer fashion. He has declared another, well, partial, but pretty much declared another U-turn. So they will no longer be, if Labour come into power, uh, they will no longer be removing private schools' charitable status. Apparently, they'll still be taxing them VAT, which will be like a slight change, but they will not be changing. They will not be removing the charitable status. So, uh, so yeah, it only took a couple of days. Um, but clearly, articles like the one I'm about to read uh, applied a, a good enough amount of pressure. Um yeah, so, see ya. Who published this? Da, 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 da. Good question, Jacob. So, I am very, very, very excited for my first Who Published This segment. Me too. I'm not sure if this is as unhinged as, there's a lot of zuzzies in that, as last one. Because um, I struggled a little bit to find something. So, don't get too excited. Yeah. But... I was personally very entertained by this. Um, I've chosen specific excerpts because this person sure as hell loves to fucking talk. <sighs> oh, tell me about it. These ones always do. My one, like, I didn't yeah. read the whole one last time because, um, Jesus Christ, they go on. Yeah. So, without further ado, the title of this piece is Labour's tax on private schools may mean charity schools like mine cease to exist. <laughs> Excuse me, what? Uh-huh. Go- you said this wasn't unhinged. Okay, great. Okay, I'm glad. Okay, yay, Kieran succeeded. <laughs> Woo, go Kieran. What the fuck is a charity school? <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't have a clue. Okay. Oh my God. So I'm going to read out the first three paragraphs for you now, but please feel free oh, a button if you've got any ideas. So wait, just to clarify, am I looking for a publication or a name? Publication. Uh, probably. Um, you can guess the name too. I don't know them. Um, but maybe you do. (laughs) So who knows? Um, posh voice activating. Labour's call to shatter the class ceiling through a Jeremy Corbyn era tax on private schools perpetuates a tired brand of politics of envy. Schools like mine are the perfect example of social mobility in action and why charitable status is important. I went to Christ's Hospital, a school founded... (laughs) Fuck it now. A school founded by Edward VI in 1552 (laughs) to house and provide education for London's... (coughs) Poor. (laughs) That I actually had something in my throat then, but that was perfectly <laughs> fucking timed. <laughs> it excellent, 10 out of 10. Oh my God, I, I'm really harnessing my inner posh person. I'm terrified. <sighs> now nestled in the West Sussex countryside, Christ's Hospital provides free or substantially reduced cost places to over 660 of its 900 pupils. Between 2020 and 2021, the school spent 
£583,000 on scholarships and bursaries, yet Sir Keir Starmer's tax raid, which would remove private schools' charitable status, apply 20% VAT and make them liable to pay business rates, <gasps> could make schools like mine obsolete. God forbid. Any thoughts, any opinions, any feelings, Jacob, at this point? I am so confused still. Are private schools charities? Is that what we're learning here? So basically, and full disclosure to everyone listening, do not fucking throw tomatoes at me because I fucking hate it. I did go to a private school for secondary school on a hundred percent bursary. So I didn't pay. Uh, we probably couldn't have afforded five percent. Um, I think I was like the only one or one of two people in my year group to get in for free. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to disclose that, but none of them will be fucking listening, so it's fine. Ha ha, um, I win. Um, so, like, this is a bit weird to me, and it's also why I'm so interested and invested in this article. Isn't that weird, actually, how you're maybe not meant to talk about it? Because there's such a thing about not talking about it in this yeah. country. Yeah, um, so, so I think that this is... So, basically, the... so. Okay, so to explain to you, in case you have any gaps in your knowledge, private schools do not pay tax because they are all given, they are all basically registered charities. What the actual Yeah, fuck? and they're registered what? charities uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one reason would be like what my private school did for me. That's a charitable act. So... <laughs> That would be we a reason. We gave this to... one child an education that he didn't pay for. That makes us good, charitable people. And there go, we are a charity. And while we're on mm-hmm. that topic, they pick strategically. Uh, oh, so, so like, like I was advantageous to them. I was the one person in that cohort to get oh, into Oxbridge. Yeah, they would Oxbridge. not be picking up me. <laughs> like, I got into Oxbridge, so that's like fucking advertising for them. Ah, you know, seventy percent of our pupils go on to the so Ivy Leagues or whatever. Yeah, so it's kind of like an advert, you know, like it's not fully charitable. They picked me for a reason because they we thought I, a I might one. have a, <laughs> I might have a chance of like helping to sell their school. So I see. So it's very like. So it's, it's not even it's, yeah, God yeah. It's not. It's all. there's. It's not just like out of the kindness of our fucking hearts. Mm. Uh, yeah um also it's like through collaborations with state schools so that could be like you can use our swimming pool on wednesdays between 1 and 1 10 p.m or something like that oh thank you and then it would be like charitable status we're such a charity yeah so it's basically like things like that mean that they're all charities keir starmer says that it shouldn't be like that and their businesses say something right yeah um, and well, he said I mean, they should pay them all to well, yeah. Together, but um, yeah, I guess he said something sort of right. I mean, it's certainly in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something in it, but maybe not exactly what I want. Yeah, me too. Um, any guesses yet? <sighs> it could be any of them. <laughs> it could be any of these fucking ones. Just because I don't think it exists anymore. Maybe it does. Oh. Let's go with the week. Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Should I go on? You, if you must. 
<laughs> okay, so later on in the article, there's a quote from one of Christ's Hospital's former students. He what says, called hospital? I, I literally, <laughs> maybe because it's healing the disease of poverty. Maybe it's that angle. I don't know. You know who knows povos. what they're thinking? Um, <laughs> okay. <clears throat> My low income single parent upbringing was destined to cost me untold opportunities. Christ's Hospital righted that wrong. They're a masterclass in developing emotionally intelligent children who are then able to open doors for themselves. The sc- this school does more than level the playing field. Citation needed. <laughs> So why shouldn't children, and this is the end of the quote and back to the author. So why shouldn't children from lower socioeconomic backgrounds have the chance to attend a school like this? According to Starmer, quote, we can't justify continued charitable status for private schools, close quote. Yet, fucking right we can't. (laughs) Yep. Yet, charitable status is more than just loopholes for private schools educational charities admitting it's a loophole admitting it's a loophole and <laughs> yep, more it's a loophole. than just yep yep educational charities like all other charities must demonstrate that they are for the public benefit this is done by offering bursaries to pupils from disadvantaged backgrounds or collaborating with state schools by demonizing people uh, By demonising parents who work multiple jobs to save for private school, disparaging pupils awarded bursaries and misunderstanding the 73% of pupils at my old school, Labour seriously misapprehends the language, faith, send and charity schools that make up the independent school sector. What are your thoughts at this point? Oh boy, there's a lot in that. Um, Isn't there just? My God, help me above. Um, I don't even know where to start. There was so much, it went straight fucking through my brain and right back out. And just um, rotted it. <laughs> just corrupted it. Yeah, my brain it. doesn't exist. It's yeah. just gone. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> by the sounds of it, she's like, Keir Starmer, if you dare... Put an iota of tax near my charity school. We will not offer a single bursary ever the fuck again. And yeah. all the skate schools can just fuck using our swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. In a posh way. Um, that's basically what I'm reading between the lines here is that she's like, we do so much good. How can you stop us doing so much good? As a side note, charities are a fucking complicated one to begin with. Yeah. Like, the reason that they have to exist is largely down to fucking capitalism in the first fucking place. Yeah. And the rules that oversee the charity sector in this country, having worked for multiple charities, I can confidently say <laughs> it is fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Regarding charities, like every charity is just a sad thing to see when you think about it. Because it's Very. like a failing of the government. That's why any charity exists, and in yet, my opinion. And yet, they can't fucking criticise the government because they're getting fucking funding from them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and so they have no spine. Yeah. Um, okay, so there are a couple points I would like to touch on, especially from my like somewhat unique perspective. Effectively, as one of the kids that this person is talking about. You were the charity. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am the lower socioeconomic background person 
who mm. was given a bursary into a private school. So the firstly, the quote from one of Christ's Hospital's former students, uh, this school does more than level the playing field. This notion of levelling the playing field pisses me off to the core. Because mm. I know from having gotten to a private school, it does not level the playing field. There is there is no logical way that you can pluck one person from a disadvantaged area regionally, you know, put them in a private school and that f- levels the fucking playing field. How mm. the fuck does that work? That can't work, you know? Like, what am I going to do? Like, become Jeff Bezos and then build a fucking warehouse well, or you're something? you meant to hook up with, with one of the rich kids <laughs> and get their money. <laughs> set That's up, how they do it. Just set up all fuck of, everyone and we're up, sorted. Set up all of my poor friends. Each with a private school person. That's how Each we level the playing sleep. field. Like, we, we pair them up at the start of term. Rich kid, poor kid. And we ma- we matchmake for them, and then if they make it as a couple through the whole of the school year, then then the the you sorted. It's a marriage at fourteen. Why not? God, it's like a new dating game. Libertarian heaven. Married <laughs> by fourteen. Um, um then yeah. uh, what was the other thing? Oh yeah, pa- like this writer of this article says that Kiers basically says that Keir Starmer and Labour are disparaging pupils awarded bursaries. They're saving them. And I'm like, and I'm like, what? Like, I don't feel disparaged. It happened. Like, I acknowledge that that means I'm privileged in that regard. Um, And that's really weird and a weird place to be in, you know, because Mm. it's like came from a poor household, but then had that privilege. It's very weird. Um, I just find it so strange, this... This idea that it levels the playing field. It doesn't. I it, genuinely don't know where she's coming from with it this. Picks, it picks a couple poor people and says, congratulations. Like, you won the luck of the draw. And probably because you're perceived as somewhat beneficial to us as a business. You know? Um, very weird. It's just like, I feel like this person's trying to speak for me. And it's just like, I reject that. I reject everything from what you're saying. And also this, like, it seems like there's also this kind of perspective that they hold of like, if you went to a private school, you can't disagree with private schools, like morally. You know? Mm, And it's like, I fully disagree with the idea. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, very weird. Anyway... Any more guesses or should I go on to uh, a later bit? Oh, God, there's more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Three paragraphs more total and then we'll be done with this drivel. (laughs) Hope you're enjoying it at home. (laughs) Do you know, I don't don't have a clue where this was written, but it really feels like, and I don't know if this is right, but do do you know that woman, Catherine Burblesing, off of like being the world's strictest teacher or whatever? (gasps) Oh, that's such a good guess, but it's not. I, I, that, you. Like, I could get onto a whole rant about her because, oh my God, absolute monster. But, (laughs) um, yeah, it really is giving off her kind of vibe. But I think her private school is a little bit different in that it just. Citation needed. That is not proven. It's just my opinion. Shut up, everyone. (laughs) We can continue. Okay, so later on in the article, this person goes on to say. 
In Starmer's conference speech, he recalled with pride his early school days, hanging out with Fatboy Slim. I love that in a fucking posh accent. Fatboy Slim. Fatboy Slim. As a working class hero. Oh, God. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) He recalled with pride his early days hanging out with Fatboy Slim and being the first in his family to go to university. And what a story it is. that one out. We're going to hear a lot of that if he keeps being leader. It is an admirable one. One of a young man who through hard work and generous sponsorship at a private school was able to become a barrister, director of public prosecutions and be knighted for services to his country. Yeah, I'm sure he did nothing controversial whilst there. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. What I love about that one paragraph, though, is that they admit that it is basically privilege that is given to someone. When they go to private school. They're privileged on a povo. Because they say, like, it's an admirable story of being the first one, of him being the first one to go to uni. Uh, I was fucking I, what the fuck? And it's a story of a young man who, through hard work and generous sponsorship, like, they acknowledge that, like, part of the reason that might have been possible was because he got a leg up because he went to this private school. You know? I'm so, I am genuinely so glad that I dropped out of university because I swear to God, if I hadn't, they would have been fucking parading my picture around. Oh, we make God. Radio 1 presenters or some shit. Oh, um, no. Like the second I'd got that. Whereas because I was in first year, they were like, mm. yeah. nobody knew I existed there. And I didn't speak about them publicly. They mm-hmm. fucking love it if you do. Like, oh, I remember. Somebody, what was it? Student Radio Association really wanted credit for my Radio 1 stuff and they oh. were absolute abusive little shits. <gasps> oh, and God. Um, I will say that with confidence because I doubt they're going to listen to this. But uh, if you're thinking about university and radio, the Student Radio Association, con! Okay. So I'll say on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Absolute hell. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so this person goes on to continues. So why would Keir Starmer want to deprive thousands of pupils of this? If stoking class wars was not the agenda, a more considered approach would be to encourage independent schools to increase bursaries to those from less advantaged backgrounds. Further depriving disadvantaged students seems a paltry alternative. Yes, Keir, give me more funding for and my this private is, school. This is where I absolutely Pinky lose my mind. promise to spend it on bursaries. Like, I lose my mind Not at this doing bit. doing up the conservatory. <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> this person's suggestion is like, oh, a better solution than like getting more tax revenue by actually taxing private schools like they should be as businesses. A better alternative to that would be to pick four disadvantaged kids per school per year rather than two like what that's that's the same problem revolutionary like like increase the numbers and like saying like and saying that like doing this tax thing to private schools is further depriving disadvantaged students like Mm. we aren't some we aren't like a beehive you know like, like we're not a beehive where if one of us get succeeds, we all succeed. It's not like no. that. Maybe you, you do. Maybe you just don't realise it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I hope so. I hope we're a beehive because that would be nicer. <laughs> 
Anyway, the article ends with... Once again, we see the hypocrisy of someone who wants to deny others of advantages he has benefited from. As ever with Labour, it's a case of do as I say, not as I do. Or perhaps more appropriately, facias quod dicam, non quod faciam. <laughs> what, what, what's she fucking spatting at the end there? Latin. Which is, it's my, uh, to anyone listening, this is, and to you, Jacob, this is my fault for cutting out the bit where this person rambles on about Latin. So it wasn't quite as whiplashy in the whole article. Do you know Latin or is that just like I, I did talk a- to you in the article? I did actually do Latin. To oh my, my God, did, you, did they actually do that then? Because like yeah. they genuinely do not do that at fucking state Catholic schools. I can tell you that much. I actually <laughs> picked it for GCSE and AS level. So you can speak Latin. No, I can't. It's more like okay. reading it because it's like a dead language. Because I, I definitely heard the word dick and cum in that sentence. So <laughs> that's just me. Fuck yes, quad dick It was basically saying do as I say, not as I do, but in Latin. For fuck's sake. The person clearly just wanted <laughs> to include some Latin to, you know, make it more even more of a Tory article. <laughs> yeah, Basing, based on that then, based okay. on what's been said, like... Initially, I was thinking something kind of like stupidly right wing, like The Spectator, but I'm actually not thinking that anymore. I'm thinking this could legitimately be something more like New Statesman or maybe even The Fucking Guardian. Um, I wouldn't put it past them at this stage. I really wouldn't. Maybe not The Guardian, but... Definitely. Okay, I guess so. the, my main guess is the New Statesman. That's okay, my final it's, answer. It's not the New Statesman. It is Conservative Home. Excuse me? Yeah. I, Cons- I, hang on, what's this? I've not heard of it, but apparently it's one of the most read news sites in the UK. Ugh. And there's a whole comment section, which is fun. Yeah. The Trust Government revisited day 20. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have to sift through that crap. I guess it was a year ago. Why not? Yeah. Oh, look this twink. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and... Look at Big Ben being used as a pen. (laughs) Oh, I haven't seen that. (laughs) Oh. Down the bottom. That's weird. Okay. Uh, Do you want to know who the author was? Mm. Uh, Jamila Robertson. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't Google them yet. I w- I just saw the article and I was like, oh, it has to be this. Yeah. I mean, we w- how are we meant to know? Oh, so our first one was conservative woman. Our second was conservative home. I'm noticing a pattern. Ooh, is there a conservative <laughs> men website? <gasps> Please. Imagine if it was like a closeted, like gay hookup site. Oh my God, even funnier. I typed in conservative man and the like result is Rishi Sunak is currently the the prime minister. <laughs> Do you want to know what result I got first? Yeah. Progressive women secretly want to date conservative men. <laughs> and that's that's very loaded. Okay. That might be one to read just for entertainment at some point. Yeah. Wow. I typed in okay. conservative men com and it came back with conservative home. <laughs> so I don't think conservative men. Oh, 
That's I, a shame. Uh, there's also join conservative Rish, join Rishi today. I'd rather um, not. A Facebook group called Conservative Men. And it's a picture of Donald Trump. Oh, no, that conservative. Ooh. Ah, Prager you. Uh, <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. <laughs> oh, God. Never forget. So, I hope you enjoyed that story. Enjoy is a strong word. Okay, shall we rattle through some music? Yes. Who wants to go first? Oh, Kieran, I have, I have, I have something to admit to you. Oh, no. I'm scared. Because we started slightly early. Oh, God. Listen to your tracks. Oh, no. I was planning to do them in the hour before. Uh, And then I got completely sidetracked (laughs) and then we started early. Oops. So, um. Okay. Um, I have listened to none but one of your songs. And I think you probably know which one I have listened to. I guess so, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Who wants to start? Shall I start? Okie dokie. Bears in Trees is my first pick for the music room today. Cassiopeia, which is a lovely little ditty from a lovely little band who, if you don't follow them on slash TikTok Instagram, uh, you absolutely should because they are adorable and very positive energy. I absolutely love their vibes. They are very supportive and just a real, real nice little band. I really like them. Yeah, I thought this song was so pretty and I loved the way it built. Like, it really, like, yeah. Yeah, and I'd say if you listen to it for the first time and you don't quite get it, give it a few more tries because I didn't quite get it the first few times, but my God, it's such a bop. I love it. Yeah. As for me, my first recommendation this month is a little bit of self-promo. Um, uh, my collaborator, Reese Meister, uh, released his new album this month and I produced uh, around half of the tracks and there are four oh, new cool. ones if you already follow him. Um, so this month I'm recommending one of them, which is called Out of My Head. It's like a reggae-inspired track. Um, which was very, very fun for me to produce because I've never really done anything like that before. That's sick. Yeah, and we started working on it God knows how long ago, like at least a year ago. Um, Wow. And I've been very excited for it to come out and it's finally out and it's just, it's such a vibe. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Ah, I, the second, because I listen to these when they come out on the feed to make sure that I haven't fucked anything up. (laughs) As soon as I, as soon as I'm hearing this bit, I'm like, yeah, you need to go check that out, Jacob, so (laughs) remember. But uh, yeah, this will be on our playlist, Pop Goes Capitalism's playlist, if you're interested, Mm -hmm. Spotify and Apple Musics. Yep. Oh shit, it's me next. Um, It's you next. It's me next. Weathan and Nessa Barrett have a track called Sick of Myself, and I hashtag relate to this one. It that oh the bass is everything. It's so like, it's such a little like it builds. You don't really know yeah. where it's going, and then it's like, and oh like, yeah. yes, that beat switch up is everything. Loved it's it so yeah. good. I yeah, love it so much. Okay, so my next recommendation is don't throw tomatoes at me again, please. Um, <laughs> Troy Savan got me started. Why would we throw tomatoes, really? Have you listened? 
to oh this Oh my one. god, have I listened? Okay. It's been stuck in my head for days already. Do, 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 shooting stars sampled on Troy Savan is fucking excellent. Yeah, so this has really divided the internet, though. Has it? Oh yeah, a lot of people are very against the sample. They say it's unnecessary. <gasps> I heard one what? person say you could have easily put a nice new synth melody there, but you chose this sample. And a, a, the general anti-sample crowd say that it's like quite jarring what i noticed as a music producer is like especially before the first drop like after like between the first chorus and the first drop like the way they've produced that instrumental it's meant to be like whiplashy like Mm. i'm pretty convinced and i like it it's cool it's random as shit i think i'm like not expecting it and i love it i love how it's yeah such a throwback as well because troy savan fucking started on the internet as a youtuber it's perfect it's the it's the he is the perfect person to be sampling that is all i'm saying like i i love it uh and respect to the people who don't love it but but and I, I, I much it. prefer I much prefer this to Rush as well. I really didn't gel well with Rush um, compared to this. This has gelled with me so fast. Yeah, I, I think Rush, I liked it. But I think the problem for me was just that the rest of the song was just like AI written, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> it was just the whole song, apart from the drop slash chorus, was just an excuse to get to the chorus. It was like, Mm. I really feel like they were in the writer's room and they were like, shit, but you can't have a song that's just a chorus. And then they filled in the blanks. (laughs) Maybe you can. That's basically Slater uh, Erotic Electronic, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, No shade, no shade. I I love that song. song. I do love that song. That doesn't really have any lyrics, many lyrics, does it? I think that's basically just a oh. chorus, yeah. Actually, whilst we're on internet stars, my next choice is a uh, no offence off of the internet. The track is literally called Growing Up on the Internet. Makes sense. And it's very, it's very angsty. It's very, um, what's the word? Autobiographical about his time uh, yeah. growing up on the internet. Um, but I, I love it. I love how angry it is and just awesome. Oh, I love it. So it's such a good song. Yeah, I wrote down very angsty as well. I, yeah, it was cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a very cool song. You will yeah. feel cool listening to this. Oh, yeah. Next up from me is Jackson with an X, someone who I'm very happy to know and have worked with. Not on this specific track, though. Uh, he's released his cover of Null and Void by Tattoo. I'm not sure how you say yes. that. Um, it it's, just, tattoo, I think. it's just such a reimagining. And I love it. It's just really I pretty. I, ha- I think I think you or somebody shared something of this, and I was like, I need to listen to that in full. Yeah, I shared it on Instagram and Twitter. So it sounds yeah. very good from the clip that I saw. Oh yeah, yeah, incredible, really, really good. Um, my next choice is Kino, who were a Eurovision entry for a country I cannot remember. Oh, was they? Years ago. Oh, okay, and. I follow. I followed them ever since because they have that, um, like a vocal thing that's really like traditional in their culture, and they use it in like every song, and it is gorgeous to uh-huh. listen to. And it's in this one as well. It's called "Get Up." It's such a little bop. I love it. <laughs> I when I listened to it, I didn't notice the traditional singing technique, so maybe I wasn't. You can around the bridge, I think it sort of comes oh, into its most okay. most 
apparent. Like my initial impression was like Disney Channel original soundtrack. Yes, That's not it necessarily, is very yeah, that. Not like shade, but like it sounds like I can imagine it being on. It's like Selena Gomez. Tell me something I don't know. Energy, like one of those yeah. Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato style early early days tracks. Yeah, you I like found Kylie, it. Kylie, don't you? Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Kino that have done some covers of hers as well. Oh, that were really good. Oh, like, I have to like check reimagining that out. of like really fucking good they are. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love Kino. I'm all about Kino. They're one of my favorite. I think they are my favorite Eurovision find ever. Okay. They, they consistently put out amazing stuff. I have to check them out then. Okay. Cool. I feel like I'm not doing them justice by like not saying <laughs> like what country <laughs> they represented or anything but let me just quickly see if it's on here um it's just Norwegian bit... sami uh-huh. band ah um, okay cultural uplifting pop and jo- joiki traditional sami singing combined with lyrics that explore themes of identity culture and belonging ah. they're god they're a gorgeous little band i love them cool so yeah check them out kino yeah. two two eyes lowercase my next song is from Varden Aurora, Never Believed in Love. It's like a really like boppy Eurodance kind of moment. Very, very good bass. It's got that like saw synth drop. Love it. Yeah. I feel like I've heard this song before because the title sounds really familiar, but I don't know why. Perhaps. I think he's been teasing it for a while. Oh, maybe that's it. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Serving choice of Anne Rush. No, no, no shade. No shade. I know. Clackety, clackety, clack, clack. I know the hustle. I know that everyone has to promote their songs and like tease them on TikTok like a month before oh, they yes. come out now. <sighs> the music my industry. Final, <laughs> my final pick is what I really wasn't sure about including because I, I listen to stuff like this quite a lot as like background music, but I really have gelled with this one. It's from Holiday 87. Minky and the Knox and it's called Break and it's just so nice and progressive and just oh yeah it's got a lovely little vibe to it and I really like this song yeah I thought the drop was so beautiful like so uplifting yeah oh I love those like really nice tracks yeah really colorful drops with so many like tonal instruments playing like pads guitar oh yeah, Karen knows it. what he's saying. I can't <laughs> tell you what any of that meant. But... <laughs> I love the boomch, boomch. It's how boom. it makes me feel. It's nice. <laughs> um, and my final track is, I don't know how this is pronounced, so apologies. It's pronounced Daya. Oh, okay. Whew. Daya, downtown. Um, I love Daya. I didn't know just, that she had new music out. It's uh, just for some reason. so edgy. So cool, this song. Is it? Distorted vocals, dancey, spoken, gritty. Oh, yeah. I if love I'm remembering it. correctly, bisexual icon as well. Yes, bisexual. For bisexual month. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, icon. Yes. Believe no offences as well. So we both got one in there. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might, I might be getting an identity wrong there. Whoops. <laughs> okay. And that concludes the oh, music room. Oh, that's the music room. room. That concludes this episode, which definitely didn't overrun. No. Um, I mean, we never overrun. Never. It's not like us to overrun. Always, always bang on schedule. We extended the podcast into two episodes and overrun on both now. Yeah. (laughs) So you get to listen to us even more. 
it. How exciting for you. Um, yeah, so you know how this works by now, I'm guessing, because it's only happened once before. This is Chit Chat, <laughs> which is now done and dusted. Uh, if you come back on day 15, dun, dun, dun. you get a deep dive from yours truly, who is going to go deep and diving into the world of advertisements and music. I'm very and excited. And if you enjoyed me getting mad earlier about railways, get ready, because, oh God. Ooh, okay. I'll be... I hate adverts a lot. Okay. I hate them so much. And from me, if you're missing me over the next two weeks, stream my new single, Drunk Text, which is out now, I think. Yes, Kieran's new track is out and you can stream it. And you can buy it, buy one copy, buy five copies, buy ten copies. Yeah, gift it to all your friends. And on Bandcamp... You can buy it for hundreds of pounds if you want, rather than one pound. Yeah, it's a pay what you can. Yeah. So if you are Jeffrey Bezos with his dick-shaped rocket, you yeah. could, in theory, buy a lot of copies of this and just have it. It's like an NFT. You just have it now. Yeah. It's, it's revolutionary technology, honestly. Send them to every, Send it to everyone you know. Yeah. Send it to everybody on earth. You've probably got enough money. A pound a copy for exactly what, seven billion, eight billion now. Yeah. It's not that's a drop in the bucket to you, mate. Exactly. Jeff, buy my song. <laughs> and Kieran just becomes a billionaire overnight. <laughs> and then I and then I do another drunk text where I accidentally promise it all away. And then back to poor again. Oh, oh no! Oh, we'll see you in the deep dive. See ya.